You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to opening up discussions that most men aren't having, but you certainly don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. You can find more information about the Real Men Feel movement at realmenfeel.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. This is a weekly program and your comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. Uh, glad you're joining us for episode number 43. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, tonight we're going to take an exciting trip, tipping, tipping, tapping, turning, twisting into the feminine energy <laughs> to improve your dating and relationships. But before we do that, let's tap into uh, co-host and my friend, Apio Hunter. Hey, Andy. How's it going? Very good. Good to see you tonight. Hey, good to see you too. I thought you were going to say tiptoeing into the feminine. Tiptoeing into the feminine. Oh, is that is that more feminine? Should I, if I, <laughs> it if I had properly prepared and gotten dressed, I'd be tiptoeing into it. Maybe it might have something to do with how lightly your feet get placed down as well. But you know, <laughs> well, well, let's just let's dive in and find out. Um, joining us is relationship and dating coach Brandon Marshall Havener. Hello welcome there. In. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me, Andy. And uh, b- before we really get going, uh, you have a nickname that I really like. Why don't you tell everyone what that is? They call me the spiritual smartass. Uh, now, that doesn't sound very feminine. <laughs> the spiritual part is the smartass. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think a lot of women love being smartasses. So I think, you know, tapping into that feminine side can be a bit smart. That's the women that are tapped into their masculinity. <laughs> that's true sarah <laughs> so we have we have a recurring uh watcher sarah with us today she's it's after a long hiatus so it's good to see you back sarah awesome and uh and brendan you you have a, a kind of a niche that that's unique and i mean i've been married for 20 years so i don't have much experience with dating coaches um but your your niche is kind of dealing with entrepreneurs yeah so do they have special difficulties in, in dating? Yeah, so with entrepreneurs, it's it's very interesting because we're like always up-leveling and always looking for new things. And when you're an entrepreneur and you approach dating, like it's, uh, there's some ways you can approach it like a business that's good, but if you approach it like a, a business in a sense of like, this is my new venture, and then I got to go on and <laughs> go on. I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing that, so... Um, there's a lot, a lot to do with like finding compatibility and companionship with somebody. That's something that an entrepreneur can stay in long-term and keep the relationship interesting rather than jumping from one relationship to the other, or every time they reach a new level saying, Oh, now I got to find a new man or a new woman in my life. 
So in the way that I, I know a lot of people that call themselves serial entrepreneurs, they keep starting new ventures so they are, they can be serial in their relationships as well. Yeah. To their detriment. And, and I feel like a lot of us have, at least I can say for myself, I have that in me, that entrepreneurial ADD. <laughs> and it's like, if I, if I let myself go, I, I want to like, just get like a new idea or a new business. And, and sometimes it takes, it takes like that military discipline that I got <laughs> to be like, nope, I'm just going to focus and complete this thing and, 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 and then wait till it's completion and then start something new. So I'd say it, I admire that particular quality of the focus and sticking with it until you know you move on to the next thing because yeah that's not a quality I have that's for sure squirrel <laughs> squirrel <laughs> exactly shiny squirrel yeah, what you're the monkey now so go figure <laughs> you can't have the shiny object syndrome in your dating oh no <laughs> most definitely not <laughs> so so let's jump right in so what uh, what are what do you mean by tapping into feminine energy for for men. So for me, it, it means like having a balance between, so being in feminine energy obviously isn't saying fuck, fuck no to the masculine energy. I'm allowed to say that, right? <laughs> it's not saying like fuck the masculine energy. Um, it, it's more about embracing the masculine energy in a healthy way and then also bringing it into the feminine portion. And the major, the major key I see for it for, for a man is, like to be able to be in tune with his own emotions and instead of suppressing it and then acting like it's not there and then going on through life with all this pain and baggage and having it weigh you down. Right. Cool. So by feminine energy, you just really mean their willingness to like feel whatever is kind of going on with them. Yeah. Awesome. And be like that. That's something that I really had to learn becoming an entrepreneur because I was like always into the hustle and the, the, the warrior energy and, and just get the work done. And then I realized, wait, it's not about how many hours I put into it or anything like that. It's really about how I'm being in the moment while I'm taking action. And so everybody, every, I was going to say every man, but truly everybody has masculine and feminine aspects and energy and tendencies. Yeah. And you're just encouraging and I can see it in the entrepreneurial world of you people put on the, the the harder masculine face and to get things done, to be the alpha male and all that conquesting like you talked about. So it's it's uh, easing up off that. Wolves and lions and, and sharks. <laughs> cool. And have have are you huh, are you kind of an expert at this? So you kind of made it your business, or did you kind of discover this the the hard way, or like what what's your story of falling into this space? I would say both, <laughs> an expert by discovering it the hard way, um, <laughs> and that that that's just been like one of my major breakthroughs. It's like okay, so I, I'm fully into this masculine energy. Um, now it's time to reel it in and, and learn how to be and, and be relaxed. Cause whenever, whenever good things happen in my business is when I'm in a relaxed state. It's, it's not when I'm stressing out or running around like a chicken with my head cut off or anything like that. It's when I'm relaxing and flow and I'm able to, to, to not be worried about um, trying to prove something or trying to overdo something and, and knowing my power and just being in that space. And I think that's extremely important for a man in dating because it's like, 
Um, it's that that's one of the main reasons. That's one of the main turnoffs for a lot of women. It's like, he's trying to prove himself. He's like, he's telling me about his car and this and his career. Um, but if he were to just learn to be in his essence and just be able to stand there, <laughs> not just stand there, but like be, be able to be there in his presence, uh, in her presence and actually show who he is, um, fully in his essence and he would be a lot more attractive. You know, that sounds like something that Deepak Chopra, you know, talks about in his seven spiritual laws of success of uh, being out, you know, being inwardly focused as opposed to being outwardly focused. So, so what you're saying is that for men to the, the most attractive men to women are not the ones who are constantly trying to impress them with like, oh, I'm a CEO of this or the titles or anything like that. It's just somebody who is just he's there he's present he is himself he's comfortable in his own skin and that in and of itself it taps into both sides both the feminine and the masculine energies is that's what i'm hearing from you yeah and the okay. energy doesn't lie so you don't really have to sit most of our communications are verbal communication anyways so mm. he feels the energy and then those special things about yourself that that make you an amazing man that can be figured out like she can did she has something to dig into and figure out like oh wow i didn't know this about you you're awesome so instead of you saying well you know i have five thousand friends on facebook <laughs> <laughs> which in and of itself i don't know if that's <laughs> something yeah, you not, really, not really <laughs> That's awesome. So, so when you when you meet a, a new potential client or someone complaining about you know their relationships or their dating scene, and you talk about energy and being present, do you have people that go like, "Well, what the hell does that mean?" Uh, sometimes, once in a while, but for the most part, a lot of people who come to me are are self aware and they kind of they they get it to or they learn from my posts. Like they they read my I, I post a lot of. Uh, really lengthy content for people because I feel like, you know, I want to give my best information for, for people to learn and the coaching aspects like a whole other realm. So it's like, I feel like I feel totally fine with just unleashing content and then allowing people to come in as clients once they've dug into that free content. So for the most part, I'd say, I'd say around 90% of people, pretty much get it and then every once in a while there's someone who's like what, what do you mean man <laughs> good so yeah you're giving so much material out there that you're kind of self-filtering who will get through that to actually kind of engage with you yeah yeah cool. yeah i think mo most of the people that it doesn't really attract they just hit the unfriend button or <laughs> <laughs> yeah this guys are whack job talk about energy yeah. presence yeah. <laughs> so i'm kind of curious about how some of these entrepreneur entrepreneurs react when you talk about tapping into their feminine energy in order to be able to to date better if you will be more engaged in their relationships so, i mean how do they react to the whole the term feminine energy yeah i i made a post uh maybe a few couple weeks ago about the feminine energy and i noticed uh actually from women saying well it's not a, well, actually, two two people I remember. A woman saying, like, it's not a man's role to say what the feminine energy is. And, and then a man was like, well, that's not my place. And I'm like, well, actually, it is kind of your place because you kind of have to have a gauge on what feminine energy is and understanding feminine energy, not only within yourself, but within, the, like, with a woman and understanding how she operates instead of being that guy who's like, uh, uh, women are complicated. I don't understand them. Like, we... 
we have the tools that we can have, get a good understanding on women. And I think that's a powerful thing for a man to be able to communicate and understand where they're coming from instead of uh, just throwing our hands up in there. Yeah. That's going to see the old cop out. Oh, yeah. women, you know, or the whole <laughs> women are complicated. Yeah. They'll never understand them. I'm not even going to try. And yeah. But <laughs> yeah, the on, same other side, on another side, there's women out there. It's like men are complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that much rarer, rarer than women are complicated for men. Yeah, yeah. I, I, talking to. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, I feel like we're easy to grasp. Yeah. I, I think we are. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are too. I mean, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty simple. <laughs> you know, feed us, you know, keep us entertained <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're good. Yeah, I think there could be a whole workshop of, of teaching, tra- showing women to treat guys like dogs. You know, feed us, water us, tell us we're a good boy. And they would probably go like a long way. Yeah. <laughs> You're making progress. Right? <laughs> yeah, Sarah, you had a question. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Brandon, what would you say, uh, or what do you have to say about the idea that feminine energy and masculine energy are you know within each of us regardless of our um our sex and that feminine energy doesn't equal female and masculine energy doesn't equal male does that work into your um thoughts and your coaching yeah definitely so so the the thing with like women and men is just women are primarily and feminine and men are usually primarily masculine that can't even be like true across the board because there's some men who've learned to be primarily in their feminine. Um, but I, I feel like those are the keys to personal power to tap into all of your power. Um, if you're ignoring one way or the other, then like, let's say someone who's afraid of that masculine and that rah, rah energy, then they're not, they're not going to be able to be as productive as they can be. They're not going to be able to get things, things done. So it's, it's always in this like, yeah, you're being in this awesome state, but you're not like utilizing it and, and holding that container and holding that space. And then the other way around, if, if like, let's say it's a man rejecting his feminine energy, then there's feelings and, and patterns going on that he's ignoring and his body's trying to tell him things and he's just like overriding it. So what I can see with this is for a man is like leading to injuries and fights and, and drama in a relationship because he's not catching the problem when it's when it first arrives like our our emotions they don't hit our head our, our mind first they hit our emotions first so if being able to scan your body and and understand that um then you can shift from uh, an, an upper limit or self-sabotage uh, a lot quicker than if you didn't have like if you weren't scanning that, that energy Nice. Thank you. And if I can expand on that, or if you can, can you expand on that in any way regarding like how relationships more are now more modern, like versus say 50 years ago and then through the progression up until the present with that, that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're in an interesting age right now where it's like both men and women are taking on that masculine energy and then and men are moving into the feminine energy and what i see for a relationship is it's very important to have that balance to to move be able to switch roles back and forth instead of playing off the gender roles like 
men are supposed to be working on the wood shop <laughs> in the backyard and women are supposed to be working in the kitchen. It's like, we're, we're in an age now we're way beyond that. And it's, it's like having those gender roles, it's going to, it's going to be limiting. It's going to be limiting for both people. Um, and what I feel the most important thing is for us to know what our passion is and what our zone of genius is, regardless if that's a feminine thing or a masculine thing. Like I love writing and poetry and, and, and like that most of my stuff is writing content. And my dad used to tell me as a, in an, at a young age that English and writing and things like that were what women did and <laughs> what men did were like math and science. And I sucked at math and science. So, uh, it was interesting. So, so how did that feel hearing that and the yeah. ages you were hearing it? Yeah. I was like, Oh, I, I like, I, I think it was first like disappointment and, and, and I'm sure there was like a lot of guilt and shame around that. But there was also a part of me that's like, I want to prove that I know science and math. And then uh, I guess throughout high school, I, I just kind of dropped it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, this is what I love. Because um, I, I remember like my dad convinced, actually, I, I don't, I like being on the football team. My dad convinced me to be on the football team, but like, um, it was all about being in that masculine and, and what I really love, what I truly loved deep down was, uh, I guess, more considered a feminine thing. And I, I know you've been in the, you had military experience as well. I wonder how did the masculine feminine energy <laughs> be out there? Oh, man. Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, toxic masculinity in the, in the military because it's, it's really, it's just the energy is so tense. And no one expresses their feelings like they're not they're not on the battlefield saying, I feel sad. <laughs> um, no one's in basic training saying, tell the drill sergeant, like, you know, I notice I feel sad. And this is so it, it's just like it, it felt in many cases a toxic environment. And I, and I don't want to um, shit all over my military experience, but it was definitely tough being being someone who was aware of all this stuff and then being around men who were like, Oh, fuck that. <laughs> and they just, they just weren't on that level. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I hear that a lot talking to men who have served in the military that while on active duty, it's almost like this hyper masculine environment that they can't be like a human being. It's yeah. almost as if they have to be like this, this, robot killing machine or whatever i mean i understand because of the nature of being in the military um and yet that conflict of when they're off duty versus when they're on duty can, can create a lot of you know um imbalance in their heads and in their emotions as well and then after being discharged that's when they have to really kind of almost go through treatment in order to get past that i mean is that something that you experienced as well or once you were or are you still like in the reserves or discharged? So, so I got out of the national guard. Um, I think it was about a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a dilemma because it's like, what do you do? You're sending people out to war and then it's like, you could make the argument like we want them to process their emotions and things like that. But then the other side is like, Oh, they're war killing machines go out there. Um, okay. for, for me, I just noticed like, I noticed it, it affected my self-talk. Um, and 
I never really got into anything serious, like suicide attempts or anything like that. It's just like, I knew it affected my self-talk and it was something that I worked around. Um, like I had one Sergeant who was really old school and his whole leadership was based off shame and guilt. And I was conscious and aware enough to know that uh, back then, but at the same time, it affects you. Like if you're on a year long deployment and that's what's going around, then you start to adapt that. And I noticed, I noticed that really impacted my, uh, my personality coming home because it it just, I was, I was more intolerant and short with people. And um, I feel like I was really expressing my anger more. Um, But over time, I guess I wasn't like, being in the National Guard, I wasn't always in that environment, so I was able to reintegrate a, a lot more smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always thought there needs to be a, a reintegration boot camp for discharge. Yeah. And you do get, All right, tell me how you feel and how did that action feel? And, you know, when almost, you know, if we take a human and make them a killing machine, then we shouldn't just leave them there. <laughs> should yeah, yeah, like real reintegration, because they do have, like, some form of that, but basically what they do is they – they have you go around in a hotel filling out papers and going to different classes and they're like, yo, are you sad? And, or something. And then every, every other guy's like, no, I'm not a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) And then then it's done. And and, and my, like I've had a a couple of military speaking opportunities and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak and I'll get teary and I'll talk about suicide attempts and depression and being willing to feel. And I'll have, indiv- I had a colonel once come admit to me that he used EFT and tapping and it really helped him. I was like, oh, great. Come talk. Oh, I'm not telling these guys. So there are individuals, but yeah, it's almost like in that scenario, the first, you know, it's the bravest guy to come up and risk being called a pussy that mm-hmm. can like pave the way and have some relief throughout the whole, you know, the whole establishment. It was great. Like first I had that old school sergeant and then during the end, it was during the Baltimore riots actually. Um, Cause we, we were out there for a week. I had this sergeant that surprised me. Like I didn't know he, he was this new sergeant. I didn't know about him at first. And then he starts talking to me. He's like, yeah, I listened to Wayne Dyer. <laughs> and then we just connected on that level. And it was, it was interesting because when I first got into Army, my sergeant, I was like the black sheep of the squad. And it was like, because I was just different from everyone else. And then with this new sergeant, he's like, yeah, Brandon, he's, he's brilliant, man. And, <laughs> and, uh, and we, were, we were at the, we were at like this uh, police station, it, like on the last day of the Baltimore riots. And he picks up a penny. He's like, abundance. And, <laughs> and he gets up. And he's like trying to explain to all the guys in the military. And then, you know, I'm explaining, I was like, fuck it, I'll go up with you and I'll explain too. Um, and every, most of the people were there is like, what are these fucking guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but it takes that. Like it, it, every, everything that you love and agree and believe in now, you have to hear it once before you can take it in. And usually it yeah. takes multiple times. Yeah, I've, I've laughed at plenty of, uh, people that are now considered mentors, I made fun of and mocked for a long time before I considered the mentors. So, oh, same here, same here. In fact, I mean, I the whole metaphysical stuff. I was like, oh, that is such bullshit. <laughs> and now here I am. I'm channeling for heaven's sake. I mean, <laughs> it's like going a full circle. So, so you know, it's interesting that that 
that seems to be like the last closet people need to come out of in the military. And that is being able yeah. to embrace personal development, embrace ideas that aren't necessarily considered fully masculine or tough guy type stuff. Yeah. So, so is, is your experience kind of navigating that, as you said, the toxic masculinity, is that kind of really what helps you deal with these entrepreneurs that can be kind of closed down and kind of in a, hopefully a lesser degree of that mindset? Yeah, definitely. And I, I guess probably even my dark sense of humor attracts, can attract people like that. It's like that, that's the smart ass side. And, uh, you know, just staying, keeping that, uh, I guess it would be balanced between the spiritual and smart ass. It, it really um, helps me on a spiritual level, but also like talk to people on, on like a more fun, sarcastic, comedic way that, that gives them the food for thought. Like something that I really learned was if you can make somebody laugh, you can slip in a food for thought and they won't even notice. So mm-hmm. That's what I like to do. I love that. Sarah, did you, had a, did you have a question? I saw you raise your hand. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to raise my hand. I was trying to type oh. it out, but also listen. Um, <laughs> so like in regards to the, uh, let me read my own question. Yeah. How men can tap into their feminine energy to have better relationships. What do you find are your most common food for thoughts or contributions, things that, that you find more powerful or helpful in helping them tap into that to improve those relationships? Yeah, I would say from a personal standpoint. So in my relationship, we've we've grown a lot. Like we've been able to shed layer upon layer just by expressing ourselves. And by me being a man, instead of uh, instead of holding it in if I need to cry or you know holding my emotions in, I go go to a place where I can express it and and also communicate with my girlfriend. Like, hey, you know, if if, if um, in this state, you know, it's, it's nothing to, nothing to like insult you or say it's your fault or anything like that. Um, like there's sometimes I want to be left alone, but there's other times it's like, Hey, you know, just, just be there to, to comfort me. And, and, and then I'll be back, back ready to go. Um, and a big thing about my relationship is learning that, um, if I do need to express an emotion or, or cry, like cry or, be angry or anything like that. It doesn't make me less of a man. I can still step into the masculinity. Um, in fact, that makes it even better because like now, now I was able to let that emotion go It's energy emotion. So, um, hold on to that emotions, the sadness or the anger is going to come out somehow. And I've done that in previous relationship relationships where it's like this big outburst and it's this big fight. So, I really think that can help get rid of a lot of the drama in a relate unneeded drama in a relationship when the man is fully in tune with his emotions. So nice. you've got to be pretty deep into a relationship to at least I would <laughs> to, to yeah. be that comfortable. It doesn't seem like a, Oh, nice to meet you. It's our first date. Hey, here's a drink. And you know, like over here and cry a little bit because I'm so excited about meeting you. <laughs> that, that's something that I was, that was like the key thing I wanted to mention on this when it was like the feminine and dating, like you don't want to be the dude that gets, gets to the first date. I don't know. You're drinking coffee or eating lunch. And then he's like, no, I just, I never healed things up with my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Tears start rolling. Um, Yeah. You definitely, I mean, over, overall as a man, of course, you want to be able to step into that confidence. It's just, but instead of like pushing away, 
that feminine energy and being able to embrace it when the time comes instead of using it as like, you don't want to like being a man that cries. You don't want to use it as like, help me. I'm a victim and comfort me. (laughs) You don't want to walk around in in, in your first interaction with anybody. He's just this, this open wound. Yeah. Look at your ways like, save me. You don't want to be the person on Facebook that says, please, I have a cold. Comment, like, or share if you care about me. Right, my coach right. told me I should show some more of my feminine side. <laughs> so, so, so really, it's that not, <laughs> right. like, I don't want people tagging me saying that I have a I have a flu, and and Brandon said on the podcast to express that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds to me like you know when you're in that stage or when you're in in the getting to know someone stage, if there are if you do reach that point of you no know, tears, there's not necessarily the tears of victimhood, but perhaps tears of joy, tears of, of um, you know, just having a, a, an incredible, wonderful, touching moment instead. Those would be more appropriate. Yeah. Versus, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, generally for dating, I like, oh yeah, I see the hand raise. <laughs> but, but generally, I'll, I'll make it short. Like generally for dating, I, I say like to keep it flirting and having fun. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's tears of joys and, and you're having a good time, but my my whole thing is like keeping the mood light. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's a great point because emotions and tears don't just mean oh you're sad and depressed. Yeah, like tears coming yeah. up from joy, which I didn't I didn't know tears of joy existed until I was like in my late thirties. So <laughs> they do. I'm glad to have discovered them. <laughs> Lori, go oh, for nice. it. Oh, you're muted. Okay, you too. Oh. All right, I am muted at the same time that you did. Um. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, even for women, like, out on a, on, when you're out on a first date, I know it's been a long time since I've been on one, but um, you don't want to, um, you don't want to be, like, all, like, victimhood on either side of the table, right? On either the masculine or the feminine, so the woman or the man. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the fastest way to, like, you know lose somebody no matter what like it, like if i'm out on it like i do remember i was dating someone and he got the flu so when you were saying that i was cracking up he got the flu and he went and stayed with his mother and i remember telling my brother i was like i'm dating this guy and i'm like and he, he got the flu and he freaking went he, he went back home to stay with his mother and my brother who's like years younger than me just went run run fast and run <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another good point about the masculine feminine energy. So, uh, a woman can can you know try so hard to be masculine that you, a horrible first date would be showing up and just be guy bashing and say, "Oh, all guys suck and you can't be trusted. No one can figure out you're all cheaters and all that stuff." And you know they think they're being strong and confident in some way, and yeah, really be a turnoff in relationships as well. I actually know someone who almost didn't get married because of that because she was they were engaged. The wedding was coming up, and she had been drinking. And she was out with her soon-to-be husband and sort of started to be like, men are all dicks and blah, 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 blah. And he was so floored and upset by her behavior that he was like, I don't think we should get married. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, she was, was drinking. And I think it was really the first time he saw her in that light. It was a very fast me, get engaged kind of thing. But I, I was like cracking up. I'm like, he's never heard you go off about guys. 
<laughs> well, that's another tip then. But in early in the relationship, you want to really get drunk together quickly. So you. Get- <laughs> 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 that worked really well for us, huh, Andy? Yeah, that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> oh, that's <Get> great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you introduce when you're working with you know with people and you're coaching them? How do you do you just like just drop the whole idea of tapping into the feminine on them, or do you kind of like ease them into it through a series of multiple conversations, humor? I mean, how do you how do you do that? Yeah, so it, it really depends on on the client. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's custom tailored for every different client. Um, some some people right in that moment they need that type of training, and it's like, okay, this is what we're going to get into. And and others, I'll feel it. I was like, nope, they're not there yet. They're 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 right at this point. So I think a really major point about um, coaching is is to be able to meet them where they're at instead right. of saying, hey, well, I'm all the way over here, so you got to come over here right now. Um, right. Feeling, feeling them out, seeing where they're at and what they most need, and, and then uh, react or uh, proact or whatever accordingly. Yeah. So you, you kind of give guys like assignments and, and exercises to, to kind of soften up or, or get in touch with their feelings? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of journaling for the most part. I'm like, I'm re- like that's, that's been the most, uh, the biggest emotional therapy for me. Um, actually even before I was conscious of it because I, I used to write rap lyrics in, in math class <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing, but, but like just writing it out on a piece of paper and getting out of your head, it's, it's one of the most amazing things to do. And um, I think a lot of people, they could use the argument of like, Oh, well I'm thinking it so that no, like when you write it on, on a piece of paper it makes a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah, if we keep thinking the same thing, we're just ruminating and, and chasing our own tails. But when you actually write it down, you're you're releasing it on a different level. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I was recommended to journal for years and years before I finally did. And again, I thought it was a very girly thing to do. And oh, my little princess diary book—that's so gay. I'm not doing this. <laughs> then when I finally did it, and I, I think I've been journaling every daily for like seven or eight years now. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not. Gay. <laughs> All right. Like men are so afraid of like, like we joke we joke about each other all the time, and we're so afraid of like being perceived as gay. It's hilarious. <laughs> I have to say that's it's always been one of the things I've always got a big chuckle over. You know, the whole you know being perceived as gay, and then when they meet me, and it's like they discover that yeah, I have a husband and so forth. Suddenly, they're like they wanted to come to me to ask me all these questions about. <laughs> But how do I lighten up? How do I, you know, how 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 do I, yeah? It's like I'm suddenly I'm the, the guy to go to to talk about how to get into the female psyche. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe help you. Maybe we need a just a show to talk to you, and you can talk about how to not care if people think you're gay. Right, <laughs> I, I'm all for that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but it, like it, it's funny. That is like one thing that like when when I first started speaking in public or making videos. I was like, the comment I feared most, like, you fag. <laughs> and it's just like, for, for having emotions, for expressing myself. But it's still like those oldest terms. And I don't, they don't even, I, I never took that they meant like sexuality. It is just, you know, you're a girl, you woman, you're not being a man, right? Mm-hmm. Can't, you can't show admiration to a puppy. You can't, um, you can't bake cookies, you know. <laughs> or you can't be into cats, right? There's, now there's a whole movement of, of, of men and their cats is this, New trending thing I saw a few weeks ago. 
I didn't see that. I heard about that. I mean, I haven't been on social media for a while, but I actually did hear about that. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I want to get into the whole thing. Maybe because I'm just one of cats. I love cats. So it's just neat that there's still so many boundaries on, on all sides. Because when we start making sides and putting those dividers, that, that's the illusion. That's the bullshit. Right, right. Maybe the reason why I have a dog is still patterns from my childhood of proven to be a man. Right. I'm a cat now. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so after no. your pets. So here, here's a, here, that creates an interesting question. How attractive is a man to a woman who has a cat? The man who has a cat, how attractive does that become hmm. to, to a woman? Well, if she loves cats, I would think yeah. points for you. <laughs> I um, think it might have to do with preference. You know, if she's allergic to cat fur, she might be pissed off. But. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, I have to say, I'll never forget one time. I used to live in, um, when I first moved to Fort Lauderdale, the apartment complex where I was living, there was this guy, and it's like this huge buff dude. And I mean, he definitely looked like, you know, one of those that could, would beat you up if you just looked at him the wrong way. And I met him because we were both out walking our dogs. And his dog was this dainty little chihuahua with pink booties and a little pink bow. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, is that your girlfriend's? Oh, no, no, it's, it's mine. <laughs> and I'm like, that just, you know, that just blew away the whole, for me, the whole stereotype of, you know, dudes, you know, big, burly dudes need like a big, burly dog with a, with a spiked collar to be <laughs> going around and walking with that. But yeah, no, it's this little princess. <laughs> we, we had a big dude in the army and, Come to find out, he bought a new Prius, and uh, and it's like no one can really insult him for it because he's, he's like the biggest dude out of everyone, and he's like, yeah, man, it gets good gas mileage. Like, <laughs> I was gonna ask, so what 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 makes the Prius seem like the feminine car? It's got to, you know, your car's got to be loud, I guess, and it's got it's got to be this big truck that that. Yeah, I, I know. I never really understood the whole car thing. I was never like passionate about like big ass trucks or anything like that. It's, it's interesting. I, I say, hey, as long as you don't drive like a, I, I'm I'm just not down with like the cube or something like that. I, I <laughs> that that's a little too much for me. Well, you know that, but, oh, go ahead, Andy. The, the, the comment that chair, um, Sarah had. I just want to share for everybody uh, in the comments here. So talk about journaling. That there's a, a program called mortified nation on netflix where adults read their journals in front of audience of strangers from their childhood their diaries wow. it's hilarious oh. and it's touching oh. it's great All right. i'll look for that that's uh, that sounds like a great concept that's awesome um dang now i forgot what i was going to ask squirrel, <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> squirrel moments about the uh about the cars the, the yeah, manly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as, you know, that speaks to the kind of the confidence thing that we were talking about earlier, about a man being very confident in both sides, you know, being a complete and total human being, or being you know, comfortable with that feminine side, the masculine side, the two being in balance with each other, you know. So the guy, you're, the guy in your unit who bought the Prius, obviously comfortable enough that he didn't care. People were going to be giving him a ribbing about it. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have to prove anything. Like It's like, whatever, I could kick all your asses. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the first person I ever heard of that owned a Prius was Larry David. 
So that's what I, Prius, oh, you're like Larry David. I don't think of like, <laughs> you're gay, you're too feminine. I'm like, oh, you're a Jewish comedian. That's, that's <laughs> Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, if it was one of the, you know, the, the earlier models of the revamped Beetle, different story. <laughs> but, uh, uh, dang it, there's one other question that I had in my head. It's, okay, this is, this is going to be, the squirrels are running rampant tonight. <laughs> you need to journal more. Get, let them out of your head. Right, exactly. Yeah, yes. You need to do a journaling exercise. I think we need to do that. <laughs> So I have a question in the meantime. Do you got oh Lori, you got one. I have one. So I'm curious, like with the with the comments that you guys are making about like the Prius and this and that, what because I know that I definitely carry um a fair amount of masculine energy. And I'm I'm very curious about um what is it like when you do open up and how often does it happen? That the women, the women are the ones mocking you, not the men. Like, how comfortable is it for, like, because I, I do a lot of this kind of work, like, always about open communication and do all these things. But I've, I've found, like, some of the men that I've worked with are, like, their wives really don't like it. They, they want their spouse to be the strong one and this and be really in that warrior mentality a bit of the time most of the time and yeah. they say they want them to be open and feel but then when they actually are they're kind of like he's kind of wussy i don't want him to be doing that <laughs> have you come across that because I, like i have found like a lot of the women that i've worked with really they say they want it but in truth when it happens they've they kind of feel like he's not really being man enough yeah to me that's like taking in the feminine but the dense saying i don't i'm resistant to the masculine altogether and um you know i i hear women say like i want to i want a man who needs to work a drill and and needs to build stuff and all this stuff and that might i mean that might be a preference but i would like to look at the deeper issue um and what's a deeper issue why women want that is usually to feel safe um and usually to have that um polarization in the relationship that attraction so it's not necessarily like the car i drive or the, the 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 things i do and maybe i'm biased because i don't like i don't even like painting the house but <laughs> but from what i've seen is when i when i was able to step up in confidence and step up into that masculine um those problems tend to go away when when it was times where i wasn't fully owning my masculine and i was insecure about myself that's when those problems that's when the problems I notice with women and dating. And of course, every once in a while, you'll have women with their preferences or maybe not even true preferences. Maybe it's like some beliefs that they tend to walk with. And it's like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't like you because you, you write poetry. <laughs> yeah. Cause it could be like in the case that, that Lori's talking about are women. Oh, I wish my, my man was softer and then they get soft and they don't like it because maybe they're, oh, I don't want to feel that much. He's feeling more than I am, and I'm freaking out now. Oh, yeah. Is that part of it, too? Yeah. yeah I mean, how much that's of it what is I find that they, like, that's, that's what I've found that they've been like, is, like, they, they say they want their partner to be more emotional, more feeling, but then when their partner's actually like that, I think, like what you said, Brandon, I think it terrifies them because then it's like, well, if he's like that, then what happens if I fall apart again? Then he can't 
like if he's a mess too, oh my God, what am I? <laughs> somebody has to be like the, and we know that's not true, right? Like in every, there's always going to be someone that's stronger and then weaker and then strong, you know, and it's going to go back and forth. And I shouldn't say weaker, but when somebody's having more difficulties, somebody else's strengths are going to come through. Yeah. But it's really, I think for some women, it's, it's really scary to if they've always experienced their the males in their life being the strong ones and then saying they want their partner to be more feeling and then they're like i don't even know how to be with somebody who's like that because there's no role models for us yeah if, they, if they've been in a long-term relationship and have never allowed their partner to feel and then they do yeah it can like shit i'm out of here this is too weird for me yeah that that can open up a big scab but yeah. and the thing is like I really recommend is like when that uncomfortable moment happens and of course it takes two people it's a lean into that and it's like lean into the experience if 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 my girlfriend and I we weren't we weren't able to when those dynamics changed because we got into the relationship and I wasn't like as much into into my feelings and then more and more I learned more about myself um and I noticed she was able to let her guard down a lot too um, like there, in, in many cases, um, she was often in her masculine. So it was, it was good for her to be able to let her guard down and feel her feelings and it helped grow the relationship. So, um, even when things get un uncomfortable, um, and I guess it can be easier said than done if only one person is listening. Um, but having both people on the same page knowing, Hey, if we lean into this, then we can grow on a deeper level and grow more connected to each other. And and the man willing to to tap into the feminine, willing to feel like from the get go in a relationship, then then your partner is going to be used to that. So it's it's going to pull you together authentically from the beginning, or you're going to know, oh, um, you know, I'm coming off as the victim to her. I better move on to somebody else too. Right. Yeah. And and how much of that intro, if introduced during the dating stage, you know, helps people self-select. I mean, to your point, Lori, it's interesting because I've had conversations with a lot of women as well. Same thing. It's like they want their men to feel. And the ones that are in the, that are married and have been in their relationships for a long time, when the men actually start to open up and feel, they freak out. But the ones who are in the dating stage, and this is what I've observed, and I don't know if, if you've observed the same thing, Brandon, in your work, and that is the women... Um, you know, if the guy, if they say that and then the, the, the guy starts to kind of open up and feel while they're in the process of dating, they just break up and they just, yeah. they just move on. So have you, have you seen that also? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I, I use the term like don't do relationship, relationship thing in your dating. Right. Um, like any of that, that real heavy stuff of like, you know, I want to be with you forever. <laughs> or you know, and, and right. just like puking your emotions on them because that that can be a, a big turnoff when you're just getting to learn each learn about each other. Right. Um, and I would and think I something think like that is that like that's almost like I don't want to call it for lack of a better word call it fake femininity. Like you've had all this baggage of wounds that you'd never dealt with, so now you just throw them at the first person that says hello. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not being authentic either. Yeah, that could be like a, a just an excuse to just be a victim, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Or I can't afford therapy, so I'm going to go on a lot of first dates and <laughs> talk to people. <laughs> that would be interesting. That okay. would be more expensive, I would think. I mean, because you're paying for dinner and everything else. I, 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 would, I think therapy should be cheaper. Maybe one day when I want to release some shit, I'm going to I'll just go to a, a speed dating session and just 
tell like hundreds of women about all my problems. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's like, oh, no, I'm in a relationship. I just wanted you to know that I was going through this. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. <clears throat> so, so what kind of things help people that uh, if if you're in the dating and as you go to a long term relationship or in, once you get you know you get engaged, you're getting married. How, how do you recommend uh, people navigate through that in terms of how, how much they're willing to feel? Or Yeah, so with, with dating, of course, you want to bring in someone who's aligned with who you are. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's good to, like, if you're a real spiritual person, then, of course, you want to attract that person. And in many cases, they're going to be in touch with their feelings, too. But um, within, like, that first stage of dating, I would say focus on flirting, having fun. In fact, I mean, I'd say that's a good focus for later on in the relationships as well. Um, yeah, don't take everything so seriously. Yeah, like like being playful, being playful and, and flirting and, and even throwing playful insults at each other every once in a while. <laughs> just it makes the mood light. And, and uh, you know, I, I just notice a lot less drama and fights than I have in, in, in relationships before I, I had the tools. Um, so I would say even throughout like all stages of relationships is like, are we, are we focusing on the dating aspect? Um, mm -hmm. And then when, when the time comes, when it's like, Hey, I, I need to process this or I need to have this conversation. Um, so be it. And, and I feel like when, when you have that, that solid base of flirting and attraction and playfulness and you're enjoying time with each other, then you're able to to be serious with each other and there's times that matter. But if the whole relationship is serious and it's like just all about this puking emotions over each other and saying what problems we have and all this stuff, it's like, then it gives both people the feeling like, wow, I don't, I don't really feel happy in this relationship because that's not the main emotion I'm feeling in here. Yeah. That's so, just set up a murder suicide. If, if yeah. that's the road you're going down, man. Yeah. So, love it. so, so no shipping in your dating. And also sounds like don't stop dating just because you're in a relationship as well. Yeah. Keep on dating. <laughs> that's wonderful advice. In fact, it's interesting because I, I have noticed that many of the most successful couples out there, whether dating or, you know, marriages have been decades they never stop dating. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And it's, it seems like the recurrent theme that seems to be coming up in the conversation and the advice that you're sharing is that balance, 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 balance. There needs to be that balance that's there at all times. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, if, if you're pure, purely dating in your relationship and you're about to get married and – but but you've disregarded any of the feelings that you're actually feeling, then it's got to come out somehow. So mm -hmm. it might take like making a huge decision, getting into a marriage and then not realizing like, Oh wow, they were holding onto all this baggage. Like there's going to be a one moment where someone wants to just drop the, fu the fucking baggage. It's not going to, it's not going to be hidden forever. So. Right. I have a question. Go for it, Sarah. <laughs> if we have time, I just wanted to know, like, what what have you learned from the work that you do? What you what stands out for you? Hmm, that's interesting. I feel like I learn a lot more from clients sometimes than anything else, and some <clears throat> major things that I I've learned about myself is that I 
you know, I'll tell my clients and, and then I'll be on the coaching call with them. Um, I think one of the major things is to let go and slow down. And I might be having a stressful day and I get, get on a call with a client and then they're going through their shit and I walk them through and I'm like, just slow down and, 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 and let go. And it's, it's all good. And I'm like, wait, I, why did I give myself that advice? So I, I would say learning to be my own best friend instead of being that, the, the drill sergeant to myself. Um, the, the person's like, Oh, you've got, you got to get all this work done right now to be validated. And instead of that, just like slow down one step at a time. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like doing the work I do really brought like a, a bigger sense of peace. And I've, I mean, I've learned a lot more about the feminine by working with women, um, how they like do it so naturally. Cause they didn't have like all that, the conditioning of like, uh, you know, my parents told me I wasn't allowed to cry at age three or four when I thought it was okay for a while. And then they're like, no, you're not supposed to do that anymore. So, um, that's how that work. Yeah. Yeah. Since, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know when, when I stopped fully crying, like, well, I mean, I mean, I do cry now, but like there was a, a stage in my life, maybe in the teenage years and early twenties where it's like, no matter what I was like, huh. you know, and it like, I, I didn't know, like first it was just shut off. I would point out that, you know, you're really, you're, we're talking about tapping into the feminine, not telling guys be 100% feminine so you can meet yeah. women because it's not going to work like that either. It's, it's yeah, please, to feel please, both. I hope you listened to this whole show and you didn't just read the, the title. <laughs> like, go, go, go into a date and be like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, and it is. It's, it's about you know being a full and complete human being, and 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 I think that's one of the, the one of the things that I really love about the work that you're doing and the experience that you had because your experience is exactly. I mean, your journey is exactly what we like to explore and what we talk about here frequently on the show, and that is you know being socially conditioned. That no, 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 you have, you can't do this, you can't do that, this isn't masculine, this isn't bright, you know, boys don't cry, blah, blah, blah. And then your own journey of self-discovery, you know, getting past the emotional constipation and then being able to that, let it all flow, let it all go and get, you know, get back to that center space. And it's always fun to see that. <laughs> so, Brandon, what's the best way for people to, to reach you, too? How can people find you? The best, the best way is uh, Facebook. Pretty much, you can meet, you can reach me on my public profile, Brandon Marshall Havener, um, and I think it's forward slash yeah O B Have. <laughs> so it's the letter O B as in Brandon and H A V. Cool. So so no spiritualsmartass.com, nothing like that yet. Uh, I got spiritualsmartass.com stolen from me. Oh, no, 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 no. So I'll probably open up a uh, Brandon Marshall pretty soon. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I just focus so much like on communicating on Facebook and everything. It's yeah. like, oh, well, this is cool right here. But if Facebook shuts down, you know, I, I better start planning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah it works. I mean, do, do what works, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that. So that'll be 1.6 billion very pissed off people if it suddenly shuts down. Yeah. 
<laughs> if it becomes a new MySpace. I was very mad when MySpace shut down. I lost all my music. Well, my four songs on there. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. cool. Well, it helped you tap into to that feminine side of being willing to lose and let go of things, maybe? No? Yeah, I need a journal about MySpace. It's something that I've yeah. been holding on to. Yeah. Right. I'll, look for, I'll look for that long post tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, this is a, a, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Um, Brandon, it's been a, a tremendous conversation. Thanks, Sarah, Lori, for taking part and asking questions. Thank you, Apio. Mm-hmm. And um, Devo, who joined us, I know, partway through the conversation as well. Thank you for being here and listening in. We definitely appreciate you being here also. Yeah, nice plug, because uh, next time we're live on Real Men Feel, it'll be Tuesday, June 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll be talking about open relationships with sex and relationship coach Diva Logan, who has been here tonight lurking in the background. So, mm-hmm. and I, I think, and, uh, <laughs> I've, yeah, connected with Diva through Brandon. So we're going through the whole network of... Uh, I think she has some different viewpoints too. It'll be interesting. And part of the mispronunciation, I'm sensitive to that because my name gets slotted all the time. So, <laughs> cool. So again, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Joe, we look forward to talking with you again soon. And uh, check out all past episodes. Tell us what you want for future episodes. And have a great night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next time. Visit realmenfeel.org, join the Real Men Feel group on Facebook, and share what you thought of this show. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.